If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome to Inspiration and Transformation from the Banks of the Ganga with Sadvi Bhagwati Saraswati an American sannyasi living at the Parmarth Nikitan Ashram in Rishikesh, India. Sadvi is president of the Divine Shakti Foundation, a charitable organization bringing education, vocational training, upliftment, and empowerment programs to women and children. Sadvi is also secretary general of the Global Interfaith Wash Alliance and director of the world-famous International Yoga Festival. Join the musings of an American sannyasi as Sadvi shares the wisdom and teachings of her guru, His Holiness, Pujya Swami Chidanand Saraswatiji. Welcome, everyone, to Inspiration and Transformation from the Holy Banks of the Sacred Ganga River in the land of Rishikesh, India. How can I let go? of judgment of myself and others. I judge others who ignore issues important to me. I judge myself for being judgmental. I judge my past and find it difficult to forgive myself. Judgment is a way for us to stay separate from the rest of the world. It's a way for us to stay separate from ourselves, separate from our hearts, and separate from everything else in the universe. Because as I, as I judge, in order to judge, I have to be looking at the object I'm judging And the mind can only function in separation. So for example, the power of judgment is very useful for us. I'm about to go swimming. I'm not a very strong swimmer. I'm standing on the beach. I'm looking at the waves. My power of judgment is very useful to understand. Is that wave too strong, too high? Or is that something that I can, that I can swim in? Good to understand. Power of judgment, very good. I'm about to pull a pot off a stove, off a fire on the stove. Judgment is going to be very good to understand how long it's been on the fire, how hot it might be. Am I going to need a pot holder or a towel to grab it? Or am I going to be able to get it? Simple things. Judgment in and of itself is not wrong. We need to use it to move through the world. Walking down the street, I've got to cross the street, cars are coming. I need to judge how fast is that car coming? How far away from me is it? How quickly do I walk? In order to know if I'm going to be able to get across the street in time. The problem comes when instead of judging our surroundings in order to be able to tread them safely, we're judging those with whom we're supposed to be connected, including our own selves. As I hold others separate from me, as I hold myself separate from me to look at it in judgment, it's actually coming from a very safe place, which is why we love to judge. If I can sit over here and judge you, that's very safe. My heart doesn't have to open. I don't have to connect with you. 
I don't have to surrender to anything. I don't have to drop deeply into anything because judgment, of course, is all in the mind. The heart doesn't judge. The mind judges. So I don't have to drop deep. I don't have to surrender. I don't have to become one. I don't have to open. I'm able to sit back, sit at a distance, stay in my head, and feel very high and mighty about it. Because if I can judge you, particularly if I'm going to judge you negatively, well, I actually end up feeling better about myself for a choice that I've just made against why I'm here. So the first piece, though, of course, as the questioner said, I judge myself as well, is you don't want to now say, oh, my God, yeah, look at, you know, I'm not even a good spiritual person. I judge other people. I judge myself. I can't do spirituality either. That, again, keeps us an arm's length away. And so the judgment of the self is a way that we stay in our minds rather than actually opening our hearts. Every minute that I'm judging myself, that I'm looking at myself and saying, oh my God, you are so stupid. I cannot believe you just said that. Oh my God, what are you doing? Oh, you're so ugly. You're so, why did you eat that? Why did you do this? Why did you, whatever it may be, whatever way we may be judging ourselves, it's keeping me at an arm's distance from my true self, from my heart, from my life, from the fullness of who I am. And so the solution, the only solution to judgment is a conscious and conscientious choice over and over and over again for connection instead of separation. You're taking a walk in the forest. A bear or a tiger, more locally relevant, or a, an elephant, also locally relevant, coming towards you. It's very good to be able to judge. You want to judge how far it is, how fast it's coming. Can you climb a tree? Can you get out? Does it look like it's angry? Does it look like it's in a good mood? My goal in that moment is survival, not oneness with the tiger or the elephant. But we take that into the rest of our world. People in the world are not wild elephants or wild tigers attacking us. But we literally move through the world in this survival mechanism of holding everything at this arm's distance. So to free ourselves of it is this conscientious choice in every minute for connection instead of separation. If I'm judging you, I'm separate from you. And how can I make a choice over and over and over again for connection instead of separation, especially my friends. I mean, the question says, I'm judging my friends. I'm judging myself. These are the people through whom my experience of connection to the world grows, my loved ones, my family, myself, and slowly, slowly the whole world. But I have to begin somewhere. And so we make a choice, connection rather than separation, and especially of the self. You know, we're here in Rishikesh. I would imagine if I said, okay, show of hands of everyone who's, you know, taking a yoga class somewhere or doing yoga, it would be almost all of you. Well, in yoga, one of the things that we talk about all the time Nonviolence, ahimsa, right? The core of it. That that yoga actually means, which leads us into compassion, right? 
loving-kindness. Whether we actually are practicing a specific loving-kindness, compassion meditation, or we're just cultivating it in our lives. Well, ourselves are just as worthy of compassion and loving-kindness as the rest of the world. When we do meditations on loving-kindness, it's not for all minus the self. Oh God, grant me compassion for all living beings except me. Loving-kindness for all except me. But most of us tend to do that. We tend to leave ourselves out of the equation. How can I develop Love for all, compassion for all, oneness with all. Accept me because, oh my God, I am the worst. I am the stupid one. I am the worthless one. I'm the one who's a failure. And so just make sure that your practice of yoga, of meditation, of compassion, of loving kindness, of whatever your, your path may be, that it includes the self as well. And as you do that, your experience of self, the capital S self, expands. My materialistic viewpoint says, this is who I am. I end here. Then there's this empty space. Then this beautiful young woman begins over there. She is that. Then there's empty space. He begins over there. But spirituality tells us, no, there's no place I end and you begin. I'm not this body. And this body, in any case, isn't nearly as solid as it looks. It's energy. Put me under an electron microscope, and you don't see borders and boundaries and lines. You see energy. I'm spirit. I'm energy. Your spirit, your energy. There's no place... One ends and the other begins. And so as my connection to myself grows, so does my experience of what myself includes. And then instead of needing to sit in the really cheap safety of judgment, because that's really what it is, judging you, is just giving myself cheap safety. It's a lot easier to sit over here in separation from you than it is to open my heart and connect. So instead of doing that, I come into myself and I allow my experience of self to expand, to include you. And it doesn't mean that we love everything. It doesn't mean everything is is perfect. Even in our own bodies, even in our own lives, we all have things. There's lots of aspects that we want to work on, like to be better at this, better at that, develop this skill, have stronger muscles over here, whatever it may be. That does not keep us from experiencing the connection with it. And that's important because when we talk about connection and oneness and love, it doesn't mean that we sugarcoat everything and everything is perfect and there's nothing I need to change and me, I am God and so don't even start trying to tell me what I need to work on. It's not that. It's an experience and a knowing that who I am, the core of who I am, the self, is whole and complete because that's what I've been created out of. And that's what we meditate upon. As I sink in my meditation, I actually have that experience. And when I have that experience, 
that I'm able to move through this body, through this life, through my skills, through my challenges. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com through what I need to learn, what I need to develop in a way that it's not about me being a problem or me being bad or me being less than. And then I'm able to extend the same to others. So every time you find yourself judging, simply say, in this moment, I'm going to choose connection over separation. I'm not going to waste time and energy in separation. I'm going to come back to connection. And again, lastly, it doesn't mean I'm going to approve of everything you do. Just in the same way that the judgment of the waves, the judgment of the pot on the stove, the judgment of the car or the tiger or the elephant is important. We also have to survive. I need this body. I've only got one. Our experience of awakening and enlightenment has to happen through the body. Which is sort of an interesting irony. That we actually need the body, the mind, the brain in order to delve into the experience, the meditation through which we have the awareness that we're not the body, the mind. So I have to protect it. So stopping judging doesn't mean I leave my common sense at the door and become stupid and just allow, you know, tigers and elephants to, literal ones or metaphoric ones, to eat me up and stomp all over me. But it means I'm not falling back into a habit of keeping the world at an arm's length. Because we're here to open our hearts and connect. And until I do that, I'm missing the point. You're listening to OTRFM, part of the IOM Radio Network. Being a radio host on IOM FM allows you to build your show on a rich platform with the power of the Internet to fulfill your outreach goals and connect with a very specialized and global online audience, unlimited by time and distance. OM Times Radio will provide you with web relevance, a recognizable conscious brand, and with the standard of excellence that has accompanied every single... Circle of Hearts Radio is a sanctuary on the airwaves. Join me, Grandmother Aliyah, in the circle on Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern, as I share information to both enlighten and nourish your soul. Hi, this is Christina Ricci with Rain. Every two minutes, another American is sexually assaulted. If you or someone you know has been sexually assaulted, you are not alone. Help is just a call or click away through the National Sexual Assault Hotline. Please call 1-800-656-HOPE, that's H-O-P-E, or visit RAIN.org, that's R-A-I-N-N dot O-R-G. Brought to you by RAIN and this station. Welcome back to Inspiration and Transformation. I'm so glad to have you all back here with me. We're all doing the very best that we can. Nobody wakes up every, any morning and says, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to hurt that person. I'm going to plot it. I'm going to plan it. And I'm going to hurt them. When we hurt people, 
We hurt them because in that moment, in that situation, in that circumstance, my toolbox didn't have in it what the situation required. So maybe the situation required patience, but my toolbox didn't have patience. Because in my life up to that point, my sanskaras, my history, my family, my childhood, my whatever it may be. Because we all develop toolboxes of how we move through the world. What we have in order to be able to address the situations that the world gives us. Do we have patience? Do we have compassion? Do we have forgiveness? Do we have courage? Do we have strength? Do we have truthfulness? And if the situation that arises is one for which I don't have a tool, I'm going to do the best I can with the tools I have, but a lot of times it's not very skillful. You know, if you see a nail sticking out of a wall, but you don't have a hammer, and all you've got is a toothbrush, you're going to whack the hammer unskillfully. And if, you, and if you are that nail, sorry, you're going to whack the nail unskillfully. And if you are that nail, and you know that what you needed was a hammer, you're going to wonder, why? Why is this toothbrush whacking me all over the place and making me go sideways and shoving me into the wall and on my back? And in the same way in our lives, a lot of times, instead of having patience, instead of having compassion, instead of having understanding, what we've got is fear. What we've got is impatience. What we've got is anger. What we've got is confusion. What we've got is longing. What we've got is sadness. What we've got is a grudge. And those become the things that we use to navigate our way through the world. And we hurt people. And this, by the way, of course, is the same reason people hurt us. And so the the teaching on guilt begins very similarly to the teaching on forgiveness. It's the awareness that we're all doing our best. Now, if it's you who has done it, The first piece is to understand that you're not a bad person, presumably. You didn't wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to hurt that person. That in you, there was fear, there was confusion, there was desire, there was ignorance, there was longing. There was darkness. When we talk about light... In the Indian spiritual tradition, the the light that we talk about is a light of wisdom, a light of truth that burns through a darkness of ignorance. It's not a darkness of the darkness of the self. The darkness is a darkness of ignorance. So I was ignorant in that moment. I didn't have the wisdom to give that situation what it required. Okay. So you forgive yourself. But we also have injured others in the world. There's a beautiful story of a kid who had a horrible temper tantrum. And his father tried to calm him down and explain to him not to have temper tantrums. And the kid just kept having temper tantrums after temper tantrums. And finally, the father said, okay. He said, from now on, every time you get angry, every time you throw a temper tantrum, after that, you've got to go out and hammer a nail into the wooden fence in our backyard. And so this kid went out every day, sometimes several times a day, and he ended up having to hammer nails into the wooden fence every time he got angry, every time he lost his temper. And at the end of the month, the father said to him, okay, 
Now go out there and pull all the nails out of the wooden fence. And he did. And the father said, now look at the fence. And of course, the fence was full of holes, badly weakened. And his father said to him, you know, you get over your anger. You have a temper tantrum. You think you're done with it. The world should move on. But you look at those holes that your nails have left in that fence. Even after you've pulled it out, that fence will never be the same. And the people in the world you are hurting may never be the same. That which you're doing in your anger is like driving nails into that fence. And so we have to also realize that there are amends to be made. If I've hurt someone, even though I know I didn't do it purposely, I know that I didn't do it out of malice, I know that I didn't wake up in the morning and say, I know I'm going to hurt that person. Yes, it was out of ignorance. The big umbrella of ignorance. It includes my ego and it includes my fears and it includes my desires and it includes my attachments and expectations and my grudges and my separation and all of that. In that ignorance, I have hurt someone. So I have to forgive myself, but I also have to make amends to whatever extent I'm able. We can't always do it, sadly. But we want to make sure that we're not doing the equivalent of going out and committing sins and then thinking, well, I'll just have a bath in Ganga and, you know, make it all better. I actually was somewhere abroad in a, an event, a function, and one of the the other people from India when we were there, the meal meal came and there were some some non vegetarian desserts and we're obviously all very strict vegetarians and there were some desserts that were non vegetarian that had eggs in them. And he said, Oh well that's okay, I'll I'll just have one and go back and have a bath in Ganga when I get back to India. And I mention that because this isn't the way that we use grace. So as you've hurt someone, we make amends, we learn, and we forgive ourselves, not in a sense of, okay, done, had my bath in Ganga, I'm absolved, now I'll go out and do it again but in a way in which I realize, look where my ignorance is taking me. Look what's happening. Look what's happening from the darkness in my life that I don't want to let go of because that light is always there. It's always there. The possibility of bringing light to your darkness is always there. The sun is always shining. But if we're going to sit metaphorically in our room with the curtains drawn, because we're attached to our darkness. I remember when I first, first met Pooja Swamiji, we were talking about, I have a background in psychology, and so I was talking something about psychology and history and people's things. And he said to me, you know, he said, you people in the West, he said, you sit around in a dark room and you talk about how long it's been dark and what the darkness feels like and how you feel sitting in that darkness and why it's dark and what the molecules of darkness are made of and how long it's been dark and all of that. And he said, but you're still in the dark. And he said, here in India, we go like this around the walls looking for a light switch. And so I share that with you because when we are living in guilt for things that we've done to ourselves, to others, to the world, due to that darkness of ignorance we live in, 
that fear, that ego, that separation, that attachment to the body, that attachment to my histories and my identities and whatever it may be. It can get kind of... Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill seductive and we tend to get very attached to it and so yeah this is what I do I've hurt people I keep hurting people therefore I don't I don't deserve love I'm afraid of love because I have this darkness I don't deserve grace I don't deserve goodness because I have this darkness And it's really important that we give up our addiction to our darkness. And guilt, in many ways, is our way of holding on to our darkness. It's the guilt that always reminds you, you're bad, you're wrong, you're hurtful, you're ignorant, you're this, you're that. And the guilt just builds this identity around us. And this is why it's so important to let go. So important to forgive. Not in a casual way, but in a way that absolutely commits ourselves to bringing in the light so that we don't do it again. To forgive what we've done. Pooja Swamiji always says, God never opens your old files. You go for any job, they're going to you know, look at your files. Where have you been? What have you done? Where are your references? He always says, God never opens your old files. So we go to God. In any name, any form, whatever religion you come from, it doesn't matter. Any any concept of the divine. And we surrender. Whatever the darkness was that made us do it. And then... From a place of light, not darkness, not I'm a bad person, that's why I'm making amends, I'm coming back, I'm on my hands and knees, I'm, you know, I'm so sorry, I'm such a horrible person, I've hurt you. No. From a place of light, a place of awareness that I'm full, but in that, in that moment, there was a tool that the situation required I didn't have. I responded in ignorance. It was wrong. Whatever we need to do to make it better, we do. And we move on in freedom. Because ultimately, freedom is the highest goal. I mean, that's, that's why we're on a spiritual path. It's not enlightenment for enlightenment's sake, moksha for moksha's sake, peace for peace. It's, it's about freedom. Freedom from. The word moksha, literally freedom. Mukti, freedom. These are the the definitions of the word. But it gets misunderstood as freedom from the body. I'll die, then I'll be free. No. You'll just get another body. The freedom comes in the body. But it's freedom from. the darkness of my mind. 
And so everything that I'm doing, and again, remember, the darkness is not badness, not evilness, darkness of just the ignorance, the mind that says you are your history, you are what has happened to you. You are where you've been. You are what you look like. You are what you can do. You are your emotions. That darkness, that's what keeps us stuck. Because that's, that's the fertile ground in which depression and misery and jealousy and competition and self-hatred and anger. I mean, all of the stuff that really is a vice on our hearts and our lives, it all grows in that fertile ground of this is you. Whatever's happened to you, wherever you've been, what you look like, how much money you make, what you've done, what's been done to you, that is you. That darkness of ignorance that the mind casts a veil over us. And that's what we have to be free from, which is why. It's why we forgive others, and it's why we forgive ourselves. Regardless of what we've done, regardless of what others have done to us. Because we deserve to be free. And because a grudge toward another being, anger toward another being, holding on to what someone else has done, keeps me from being free. And guilt over what I've done keeps me from being free. And it keeps me locked into this identity of you are what you did. I remember one time several years ago, Pooja Swamiji and I went to jail not taken there as criminals, but we went to, we went to visit. I should <laughs> rephrase that. We, we went to visit a jail. And give a talk to the prisoners. And Pooja Swamiji said something that was so, so beautiful and has stuck with me all of these years. He said to them, he said, your crime, you're in here identified by your crime. You identify yourself as your crime. He said, but your crime is this much. You are this much. And he said, stop identifying as that much and start identifying as this much. So fortunately, you're not in jail. You're free in the body but you're in jail in the mind. Allow yourself to get out of the jail of your mind by realizing whatever you've done is this much. You are this much. Do what you can do to make amends. Do what you can do to make sure that you never do it again by bringing in the light. By exposing that within you the anger, the pain, the longing, the fear, the confusion that caused you to do that. Expose that to the light so it can be healed. And then move on into your freedom. And make sure that all you do is spread love to yourself and to all. This is OTRFM, part of the IOM Radio Network. OM Times Magazine is one of the leading online content providers of positivity, wellness, and personal empowerment. A philanthropic organization, their net proceeds are funneled to support worldwide charity initiatives via Humanity Healing International. Through their commitment to creating community and providing conscious content, they aspire to uplift humanity on a global scale. OM Times co-creating a more conscious lifestyle. Do you have time to read that inspiring book or that blog post you've been meaning to get to? In your busy world, how do you improve yourself and keep your life going? I'm Lisa Kay, and my Between Heaven and Earth radio show can transform your life just by listening. Be uplifted with inspiring topics, positive stories, 
and ideas that really work. Between Heaven and Earth Radio is conscious living for your soul every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Like Baldwin with people for the ethical treatment of animals. I grew up loving circuses and other traveling animal shows, but it never occurred to me what life might be like for the animals. Training wild animals to do things they don't understand takes force. Routine discipline with a hook or whip with the heel of a boot shows the animal exactly who's the boss. Don't patronize animal acts. Please contact people for the ethical treatment of animals. 757-622-PETA Welcome back. This is Sadvi Bhagavati Saraswati with inspiration and transformation. He said, I keep hearing about going within, going within, going within, but how do we, how do we actually do that? As you asked, is it, is it a feeling? Is it a knowing? It's, it's a spaciousness. It's not a place, as in one location, but it's a place that keeps expanding. The experience within is an experience of expansion. And as it expands, it includes all of that we're looking for outside. So when you think about the nature of who we are, divinity, it's love, it's light, it's peace, it's the place within us that manufactures, that is the source of all of that. The source isn't outside, the source is inside. We were just talking about love. Well, I, I'm actually the source of love within. Now, you may be the one who sparks it in me. I may meet you and love you, and now I feel love. But the love that I feel is actually in me. And the way that I know that is, if you got up and you went into the kitchen, I would still feel love. If, if it was something dependent upon the presence of that other being, the farther away they got, the less love I would feel. You know, these air conditionings, they give us cold air. Not now, thankfully, in December, but in the summertime, they give us cold air. But the farther away you go from it, the less the air is cold. Those people who sit right there under the, you know, on the couches under them, they get a lot of cold air. At this end of the room, we get much less cold air. You go outside around the wall, you get no cold air because it's coming directly from the machine. But love is coming from within me. You have sparked it in me, but I'm actually creating it. And this is, this is really the interesting secret in a way, both to the spiritual path of connection with the divine within, as well as simply to the path of being peaceful and happy in life. Because I may say to you, you made me angry. But the truth is you just said something or did something and I then manufactured anger inside. Or I may say, you make me really happy. But again, you've just said something or done something and I've decided to manufacture happiness. So the source of everything is within. When we go within on that spiritual level to connect with We experience it. And then I no longer need to depend on getting it from outside. Whether it's happiness and joy, whether it's love, whether it's light, whether it's wisdom, knowing, it's all inside me. This is OTRFM. 
part of the IOM Radio Network. OM Times Magazine is one of the leading online content providers of positivity, wellness, and personal empowerment. A philanthropic organization, their net proceeds are funneled to support worldwide charity initiatives via Humanity Healing International. Through their commitment to creating community and providing conscious content, they aspire to uplift humanity on a global scale. OM Times, co-creating a more conscious lifestyle. Do you have time to read that inspiring book or that blog post you've been meaning to get to? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. In your busy world, how do you improve yourself and keep your life going? I'm Lisa Kay, and my Between Heaven and Earth radio show can transform your life just by listening. Be uplifted with inspiring topics, positive stories, and ideas that really work. Between Heaven and Earth radio is conscious living for your soul every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Baldwin with People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. I grew up loving circuses and other traveling animal shows, but it never occurred to me what life might be like for the animals. Training wild animals to do things they don't understand takes force. Routine discipline with a hook or whip with the heel of a boot shows the animal exactly who's the boss. Don't patronize animal acts. Please contact People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. 757-622-PETA. Welcome back. This is Sadvi Bhagavati Saraswati with inspiration and transformation. Practices for unconditionally loving people around us. First of all, unconditional love is very different than tolerance. A lot of times we, we try to get to unconditional love through tolerance. Now, tolerance is good, but it's different. Tolerance is, I tolerate your behavior because I'd rather not fight. I tolerate your behavior because I'm a peace-loving person, and so I'm not going to hit you over that. I'm just going to walk away. But I've tolerated it. That's very different. Unconditional love can actually only come in one way. It can only come when I'm loving the divine in you. Unless you are loving someone who is fully enlightened, fully liberated, they're going to do things that annoy you. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to act out of ego. They're going to act out of ignorance. They're going to act out of stress. No matter how hard they may be trying on their spiritual path, we're all human. And to, to love people's unskilled actions, unintelligent actions. When I say unintelligent, what I mean is they're not doing it to be bad. When we act out of anger or we act out of ego or we act out of greed, it's not that I've somehow become a bad person. It's that in that moment, I was not acting out of the true intelligence that says, that knows I'm full that knows I'm consciousness, that knows I'm divine. I was acting out of the ignorance that says, I'm this body, I'm this person, and you better treat me properly. And if you don't, well, I'll show you, right? So, so it's, not, it's not that I've become a bad person. It's that I, I was acting out of the ignorance of feeling that this is me. And so I got angry or I 
moved from my ego or I became jealous or I became greedy or I... So, everybody has those moments. Hopefully, as our spiritual paths continue, we have fewer of them each day. I mean, hopefully that you can actually kind of look at a line and say, I had fewer of those on this date in 2018 than I did on this date in 2017, right? I mean, hopefully, if not every day, at least as the months of my life go by, I'm moving in a direction of fewer instances in which I act from ignorance. But to love someone unconditionally is impossible unless, as I said, they are fully enlightened and liberated and never act from ignorance. Or unless you are so indifferent and disconnected from the world, sort of numb to the world that you really couldn't care less what anybody does. And that's also not a good situation. So the only real way to do it is that which we are loving is the divinity within them. It's not their actions. You cannot love everyone's actions or even one person's actions unconditionally. And if you try to hold yourself up to that, it's an exercise in frustration and futility. What you're loving in unconditional love is their divinity. And so the exercise becomes, how can I see that? Because if I can't see it, I can't love it. And so even when they are doing something that you do love, instead of responding to it as, oh, that's so great. Thank you for making my favorite fettuccine. Thank you for you know, doing this. You're so great because you did what I, what I want. In the moments where I am loving them, because it's easier to start then, can I connect with their essence instead of their actions? So instead of loving them for the fettuccine they just made me, or the dishes they washed for me, or the flowers they brought for me, can I look in their eyes and love the divine within them? And can I sit in that moment and as I love the divine within them, can I realize that even if they hadn't made fettuccine, I'd love them? Can I love the them that has nothing to do with the fettuccine they cooked, nothing to do with the flowers they brought? Just that essence. Because if you can, and it's, as I said, it's a lot easier to tap into it when you're already loving them than when you're angry. So you begin there. And slowly, slowly, if you can do that every time you're loving them, every time they've done something that you do love, it becomes much easier to do that, to tap into that part when they've done something that you didn't love. And so that's what it becomes, is not how can I learn to love the fact that you just blew up at me? How can I learn to love the fact that you just acted really selfishly that you came home and took your stress at the office out on me. It's not about how do I love that. It's about how do I love the you that has nothing to do with any of that. How do I love your essence? And the more we can keep connecting with that, the easier it, it becomes. Another way to do that is connecting with that part of yourself. Can you learn to love yourself unconditionally? Because that, of course, is the training ground to learn to love others. And so instead of saying, oh, God, it was a great day. I did so well. I helped so many people. I put so many bricks into a new school building. I wrote a check for this much money to charity. I was so good. Instead of that, we do that anyway. We do that, it's our dharma, it's our duty, I mean, it's all the other aspects that we talk about. But instead of allowing your sense of 
loving yourself, feeling good about yourself, to come from that? Can you connect with the self that's not the check writer, that's not the one who put bricks in the orphanage, that's not the one that folded letters into envelopes at a, an NGO for the afternoon. It's not the one that served food to the homeless. It's the essence. And then when you do something that wasn't intelligent, when you acted out of selfishness, when you acted out of anger, when you acted out of greed, it's not about saying, oh yeah, I guess that was an okay thing to do. It's not condoning the actions. Unconditional love is not about, oh, everything you do is perfect. Everything we do is not perfect. But we are divine. And the imperfection in our actions is directly connected to my lack of awareness of the divinity within myself. If I'm living in a state of connection to my divinity, I am not going to shout at you. If I'm living in a state of connection to my divinity, I'm not going to slap you. I'm not going to honk my horn at you. I'm not going to steal from you. I'm not going to rape you. I'm not going to do any of the horrible things that we do. I'm living in a state of connection to my divinity. And so how can I keep loving who I am despite, despite my ego, despite my fears, despite my ignorance? Because when you can do that, then it starts to be easier to love others like that. And when people do things that you didn't like, just immediately shift the attention to the essence of who they are away from the action. You may have to deal with the action. If you are a parent or you are an administrator, being a spiritual parent or a spiritual administrator does not mean everything our children or employees do is perfect. It doesn't mean that we don't have to scold or criticize or fire people. But it means that we're not loving them any less. And so that's where that distinction has to come between who they are and what they've done. And you slowly, slowly practice first with the self or first with someone you love, then the self, either way, whatever comes first easier. And then into the world, people around us. This brings to a close this hour of inspiration and transformation. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so glad to be together with you all each week. And I look forward to being together again next Thursday, same time, on Ohm Times Radio.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.